The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. People are suffering, children are dying, they're under the rubble, and no one seems to care about them. It's like their lives don't matter. You know, what makes me angry and what makes me really upset is that nothing is being done. There is no action, no substantial action being taken against the Israeli regime by our governments. I don't know. If the West feels so sorry for the Israeli Zionists, why don't they give a place in Germany? Why don't they go to Hitler's back garden and make occupation there? Then they will know what kind of people these are. Why every so many hundred years, the Zionists get slaughtered? Because Hitler knew how to deal with these people. They probably made a program so they can create a state of Israel in the expense of Palestinian Muslims' blood. A pro-Palestinian march was held in Brooklyn on Sunday. That march, starting at the Brooklyn Museum and ending at the home of United States Senator Chuck Schumer. The NYPD says demonstrations are being held just about every day in the city and stretching police resources. What we're witnessing here really is the birth or the explosion of an anti-Semitic street protest movement. That's essentially what this is. We shouldn't mince words about it. I mean, what we saw on Saturday at this supposed March for Peace was people repeating Arabic war slogans about the slaughter of Jews in the 7th century. There's video footage of people saying, kill all the Jews quite openly. There's um, placards in which the Star of David is presented with a swastika in the heart of it, and people suggesting that Gaza is paired with Auschwitz. Again, racist taunt after racist taunt. And even if you want to dismiss that as a few bad apples, as a lot of people, particularly on the British left, have tried to do, the organisers of this march, the Daily Telegraph did an investigation the other week, Half of the groups who are behind organising these marches have links to Hamas, and not even kind of six degrees of separation. We're talking about one of the groups in particular was founded wow. by a former Hamas chief who for some reason now lives in, in London. Links to Hamas, just like CARE here in the United States. We went through that last week. All of these protests, they've been going on ever since October 7, 
all of them, or at least the ones in the UK and the United States, happening on Armistice Day in the case of the UK, and of course, Veterans Day here in the United States. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream of this show every weekday morning at 11 a.m. or just after the top of the hour news, 11.05, I guess, to be precise. That's at trumpetdaily.com or at the Rumble channel. Just go to rumble.com forward slash trumpetdaily. The email address, if you'd like to write the show, td at the trumpet.com. Uh, As I keep saying, the documentary that we've produced, Israel's 9-11, I mean, it's, a, it's, an excellent, it's an excellent reminder of what actually happened. How do you explain this? Hamas breaks into the south of Israel. They slaughter 1,400 Jews just because they're Jews. Men, women, children, babies even. Animals, too. They slaughter Jews, and then the world erupts in protests in support of the barbarians. London, New York City, all over the world. Sydney, Australia, Toronto, everywhere. How do you explain this? There is a real spirit world. My father, in this uh, latest issue of The Trumpet, by the way, you can see the grieving Israelis on the cover. People just want to blot this side of the story out. The fact that Hamas, they started all this by slaughtering innocents. It was a massacre, and it went on for hours. And Israelis were crying out, where's the IDF? Where's our helper? They had no helper the morning of October 7. And my father here in his personal, a sign a sign of worse to come, a pretty sobering issue there, the latest Trumpet magazine. If you don't have a subscription, we offer it free, without cost, without obligation. We just need your contact information. The 800 number, it's one 930 Worldwide protests, and right on the anniversary, as, uh, as I say, the Armistice Day uh, Remembrance, and then Veterans Day here in the United States on, on Saturday. This was uh, President Trump over the weekend, his speech in uh, New Hampshire, clip two. But this anniversary should remind us all of why it is so important to once again have a president who will deliver peace through strength. That's what we had. We had tremendous, we had all peace. We had, we had peace. We had a great, we had a great period of time World War III has never been closer, in my opinion, than it is right now. Yeah, the world's just exploding in violence. All of these areas just going up in flames. So much anger, so much discontent, <clears throat> so much hatred. There's a verse in John 8 that talks about the devil being the father of murder and this murderous spirit. There's a lot more to that commandment the sixth commandment, than just physically killing someone, not murdering someone physically. What about the hate in our hearts? When you think about Jesus, as he magnified that, uh, that commandment, thou shalt not murder. What about the hatred? How are we going to solve this? This morning in class, I went through the better part of Isaiah 59. I mean, I've gone through it with you before on this program. 
but we just won't go the way to peace. There is a way. But, but instead of trusting in God and his way to peace, that passage says that we trust in vanity and lies. We trust in deception. So hard-headed and stubborn, just like the Israelites of old. And look, the, the problem here is not just limited to Hamas. I mean, there you see extreme acts of evil and violence like we've never even seen before. Douglas Murray brings this out in an in interview that he just, he just gave recently. As you know, we've played quite a few clips from him over the last couple of weeks. He went down there to see it for himself. He went into one of those special screenings that, that, that's been offered to journalists. Here, come see for yourself what they did. What about what Hamas has done? How are they being punished? How easy it is for them to go in, slaughter away, and then retreat to Gaza and say, hey, we want a ceasefire. We want ceasefire. Israelis are, I mean, they're violent. They're killing our babies. No, that's what you did. Here's Douglas Murray from a recent interview, clip five. But the, uh, the footage of the 7th of October is a level of depravity that, yes, not even the Nazis did. Because the whole time they're massacring, um, and I think the film was about, we saw about 10% of all the bodies that uh, Hamas, uh, the people that Hamas killed that day. Um, throughout the whole thing, the Hamas fighters are in a state of utter elation. They're elated as they're carrying out these atrocities. I mean, he drew a comparison with the Nazis, saying how that, and I'm sure there were exceptions, of course. It's hard to even make these comparisons. But he said, you can read about some of these Nazis that were shooting a line of Jews from behind in the back of the head as they fell into trenches that they dug for themselves. And he said a lot of these, these Nazis would get drunk just so that they could carry out these atrocities. But here you have Hamas terrorists who, in some cases, they've got a GoPro affixed to their forehead so that they can go in and film just how excited they are to be able to kill some baby Jews. This is from uh, the New York Post about this airstrike. Uh, I think this was last week. Uh, a high-rise office tower where Hamas and their commanders, their command center, it was situated in there. Uh, and it also happened to be the home of the Associated Press. I guess the AP didn't know that Hamas was in the same building. It's a New York Post. It says, if it's true that the AP was so unaware and the evidence suggests it's unlikely, how can anyone trust its reporting in the region? I mean, if they don't even know what's going on in their own building... How are you going to trust them with respect to southern Israel or the Gaza Strip or anything for that matter? It says the Israeli military ordered the 12-story tower, which hosts AP and Al Jazeera. Yeah, right down the hall from Al Jazeera, too. How about that? Friends <laughs> of a feather flock together. It says here, uh, Israel later shared some intelligence with the United States. Well, first, just to back up. Here's the IDF saying to the AP and Al Jazeera, hey, we're going to bomb that tower because Hamas is in there. And, and who does this? 
if it's just a genocide and they want to, they just want to make a parking lot out of the whole strip, well, just bombs away. Don't even send in your uh, ground troops. Just bombs away. In the case of the IDF, they get on the phone and they say to the AP, you better get out of there because we're going to take it out. It says Israel shared the, uh, the intelligence with the U.S. It says uh, further on, of course, we've, we've known for years, as the Israel Defense Forces put it, Hamas, quote, intentionally locates its military assets in the hearts of civil populations, even hiding behind media outlets and using them as human shields. They use their children, they use their women, and they use the AP as a shield. And the AP, I guess, is just fine with that, just fine with that arrangement. Why not? It says, and the AP, the AP knew that well, knew that well, according to one account. When Hamas's leaders surveyed their assets before the summer's round of fighting, they knew that among those assets was the international press. The AP staff in Gaza City would witness a rocket launch right beside their office, endangering reporters and other civilians nearby, and the AP wouldn't report it says a 2014 Atlantic piece. I mean, that's from the Atlantic acknowledging this or exposing this. They, they wouldn't even report it. Hamas can just bombs away, putting the, the civilians around the launch pad in danger. And of course, who cares about what happens in Ashkelon or somewhere in Israel? No wonder people are already forgetting October 7th. It's barely a month old. It says here, it seems that what the AP doesn't know and doesn't report always favors Hamas over those the group terrorizes. Why does it always favor Hamas? Did you see much this weekend about the worldwide protests on Armistice Day and Veterans Day? If you were tuning into the talking heads, you probably got a steady diet of Trump derangement syndrome. We'll get to that in just a second. They're not even fairly covering these protests where some protesters are, are burning U.S. flags, shouting all these racist slogans. Look at how hard they, they search to try to find some kind of Nazi racist slogan. You know, if it's the truckers convoy in Canada a couple years ago, if it's anything MAGA in the United States, of course, they're all racist. But not so with these groups that are out there saying, Hitler knew what he was doing. Hitler knew how to deal with the Jewish problem. Imagine saying that on the streets of a Western nation. I can't remember if that was New York City or London. But imagine hearing that. And yet Joe Scarborough is going to get up there and tell you that Trump is Hitler. Okay. That story last week about all of those AP contractors. Well, not just the AP. Um, one worked for the New York Times as well. Photographers. The scandal that, you know, when Hamas broke in to southern Israel on October 7th, you have these, these freelance photographers. Well, they, they aren't even freelance. They, they are contracted. They have contracts with the New York Times, the, uh, the Associated Press. One guy in particular, you know, basically the, the uh, photojournalists are going in with the, the terrorists. And so people are asking, well, 
how much did you know in advance? Why didn't you sound the alarm? Why didn't you get on the AP wire and say, hey, I think Israel's about to be attacked? The first pictures, this is from the AP's statement after the scandal. The first pictures AP received from any freelancer show that they were taken more than an hour after the attacks began. No AP staff were at the border at the time of the attacks. Don't worry, we're not complicit. It, we didn't get pho- photographs of the atrocities. We didn't get photographs of these barbarians until about an hour after the attack. The New York Times, this is their statement on Youssef uh, Mossad. It says, though Youssef was not working for the Times of the, on the day of the attack, he has since done important work for us. There's no evidence for honest reporting's insinuations. Honest reporting is the one that, that exposed this. Traitors. Traitor. They all fit in the same tower. Of course they do. And it always favors Hamas. Any reporting that comes. And what they leave out, that too favors Hamas. Let's just try to cover up October 7 and, and move on and tell you just how horrible the Jews are. That's why they don't cover the, the worldwide protests the way that they should. Look at the, the time, the energy, the resources, everything. The DOJ is still bragging. They're, still, they, they, they're estimating they're going to have something like 2,000 protesters from January 6th prosecuted by the time this is over. I think it's up to 14 or 1,500 now. I gave you the latest that one with uh, uh, Greg Yet- Yetman. Three-day manhunt. <laughs> Can you imagine all these resources put to, to find some guy? There's still no charges, as I know of. I didn't check this morning. But as of yesterday, th- they just had the manhunt to detain this guy. What are his charges? Nobody knows. It's just like the guy that made the cartoon. We played those clips from Tucker last week. He, he gets arrested, he gets hauled in. They put on the ankle chains, all those things, and he's trying to figure out, what did I do? Where are the charges? Well, they still need a little time to cook that up, I guess, in the case of, of Yetman. Julie Kelly, she tweeted out yesterday, I just spoke to Todd Yetman, the brother of Greg, the man hunted down by FBI for January 6th related offenses. The conversation was sad, infuriating, and in some instances, funny. First, he said the FBI staked out their home for three months. The FBI staking out, again, the resources, the time, the money, the agents. After Todd and his other brother left for work, Greg left the house around 7 to go to work. They all work for the same company. That's when armed FBI agents and SWAT vehicles surrounded Greg. Greg walked out, froze in the face of guns drawn, and then ran. A woman who lives with them heard the commotion. When she opened the door, she faced armed agents who told her to get on the ground. She thought they were being robbed. Isn't this nice? Joe Bama's DOJ, this is how they treat American citizens. Even as they let millions and millions of illegals just come in, come into the country, invite them on in, and then spread them around the country. Future voters. But these kinds of individuals 
Who knows what he did on January 6th? If he vandalized something, well, he should be held responsible for that. But he didn't kill anybody. The only, the only two people that were killed that day, Ashley Babbitt and then the, the Boyland lady who was beaten. Both Trump supporters, both, both MAGA. Ashley Babbitt got shot right in the neck, almost point blank range. She didn't have a weapon. She was a 14 year veteran. 30 armed agents stormed the house and property looking for the, the pepper sprayer. 30 agents. There probably weren't even that many agents in New York City this week to keep the crowds under control. You know, the ones out supporting the barbarians. The ones in, in London crying out, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. It's the same thing as Doug Murray points out. It's the same thing they were shouting out over and again on an endless loop as they were hacking someone's head off. God is great. It says here, agents told Todd after he returned to the house that afternoon from work to open his gun safe. When he refused, they told him if he didn't, they would break it open. Although not a defendant, the FBI took his guns and ammo Todd's the brother. Todd's not even the one being indicted for nothing. He literally didn't do anything. They say, open your gun safe. We're taking your guns. How's this constitutional exactly? Well, <laughs> no one's there from uh, Garland's DOJ to explain that point, I guess. Just give me your guns. They're sending a message, aren't they? Of course they are. Their concern, not about terrorists, not about violent criminals. Barack Hussein Obama's Department of Justice. We should call it the Department of Injustice. Their target is dissidents. Political dissidents. That's who they're going after. What did you do, Todd? Nothing. I wasn't even at January 6th. Give me your guns anyway. You support Trump. Vehicles were everywhere blocking the driveway and parked around the property. FBI and local law enforcement used helicopters, drones, and search dogs to try to track down Greg. That's when Todd, again, confronted agents. Go get Hunter. Go get Joe Biden. How about if you use one of these 30 agents to go after the crack addict who had a gun illegally, by the way. <laughs> Don't take his guns. Take mine. The law-abiding citizen. It's just the way Obama wants it. Law enforcement issued an emergency bulletin to neighbors to shelter in place. I mean, this is like a greater threat than COVID, I guess. I speak as a fool. Law enforcement issued an, an emergency bulletin to neighbors to shelter in place. Even the small town's mayor told residents Yetman was not a threat. Greg Yetman turned himself in this morning without incident. That was a few days ago. Todd doesn't know where his brother went the past two nights or where he is now. He would, give, he would give you the shirt off his back, Todd said. He helps everyone. Got to put him in jail, though. He helps everyone. Greg served in Afghanistan and Iraq. Another, another veteran. How about that? Served this country for years. Risked his life for America. A veteran. 
They get him right before Veterans Day. How about that? He also worked as a guard at Gitmo. He's been a National Guardsman since, but he quit after refusing to take the COVID jab. Todd says he's sick to his stomach. Julie Kelly writes, as of tonight, the DOJ has not yet filed any charging documents detailing Greg's offenses. Some reports claim Greg used pepper spray against police. Even so, this is not the normal protocol for arresting an individual accused of spraying police nearly three years ago. Accused of spraying police. Not yesterday. Not, not, it was three years. These are the priorities. Not the Hamas demonstrators taking to the streets. Not the crowd of 15 black, uh, black people that just stomped the white kid to death in Las Vegas a few days ago. That's not a priority. The priority, hey, the priority is Greg, the veteran. The guy who sprayed something in the direction of the police. Just coming back to this sit down with Douglas Murray to to highlight just how upside down this world is. Listen to him again from the other day, clip six. I really don't want to hear Allo Akbar shouted again on my streets. It's a war cry. Uh, The Hamas terrorists are shouting Allo Akbar all the way through, all the way through, as they are using a shovel to decapitate a young man. With every blow of the shovel, they shout Allo Akbar when they go in to rape and um, murder all these young women in a room. They're shouting Allo Akbar the whole time and they find a young woman hiding under a table, pretending to be dead and they realize she's alive and they begin killing her. They're shouting Allo Akbar all the time and they're so elated and they phone home. We've got the telephone calls now. They phone home one, one disgusting young Hamas guy shouts, shouts from the phone of one of his victims, his father in Gaza, saying, I have killed with my own hands 10 Jews. Your son has killed 10 Jews. And the mother is put on the phone and they're all shouting Allahu Akbar and they're so proud of him. Indescribable. Proud of their son, able to kill 10 Jews with his own hands. Then Murray goes on to talk about the popular sentiment of supporting Hamas, spreading right around the world, play uh, clip seven. We have an awful lot of predominantly Muslims in Australia, Britain, Europe, America, who like what I've just described. They're on board with it, and they'd like to do it to the seven to eight million Israelis. He's right. A lot of people don't want to hear that message. The radical left, the talking heads on the radical left, they, don't, they want to say it's just a few, just a few voices, a few people, a few Hamas commanders, everyone else in Gaza, everyone in London, everyone in New York, they support Israel. I mean, come on. It, it says a lot, like that AP story says. It says a lot, just what they cover, how they cover it, what they leave out. It's all propaganda. The story of the the teenager beaten to death by 15 black kids, 15 black black teens. It says here, the group of black teens stole something from one of Jonathan's smaller friends 
and then threw the small boy in a trash can. This is a tweet from Matt Wallace. Jonathan confronted them about it and requested that they give back the stolen item. In response, they all attacked him together with no chance to fight back. He had no chance to even fight back. They, they weren't interested in a fair fight, so to speak. He came to the, the aid of his smaller friend and then was murdered because of it. That's Las Vegas, Nevada. As uh, he lay on the ground, unconscious, bloody, they continued to pound his head and body. Another friend tried to help, but it was too much. It was no match, rather, for the 15 boys. He was taken to a hospital in critical condition. I guess his father said he was on life support for a few days. The grieving family tried to, tried to revive him using the medical uh, authorities. But it didn't work. Have you heard anything about this story in the regime media's coverage of all of the, the events of today, all of the most serious events? Do you think there's going to be a, a task force from the DOJ or the FBI looking into this as a possible hate crime, a racially motivated hate crime? No, no. That We're going to just focus on Jews and whites. The whites, yes, they're capable of hate crimes, and, and, and certainly the Jews that's why, as one of the street protesters out there on the street said, that's why they need to be extinguished. Hitler knew how to deal with them. But you listen to the talking heads, and the only time Hitler comes up, the only time, is when you're talking about the bad orange man. Listen to this montage. This is just from Sunday, yesterday. And then uh, I think there's a Scarborough clip from early this morning. So this is a 24-hour news cycle from the regime media, clip nine. Basically, he was making an enemy's list and said that if he were elected president of the United States, he would use his position as president and start going after Democrats, start going after political enemies, start going after. And it sounded like arresting even even his former lawyers. So you have a bunch of weak people, uh, a bunch of fat white pink boys, a bunch of phony populists uh, that are going around talking tough. And unfortunately, making threats that we, those of us who love democracy, those of us who actually believe in the American experiment all these years later, have to be worried about. It's, it's really his admiration, his deep admiration, his ongoing admiration for the world's authoritarian thugs. His intent to uh, turn the government into a an, uh, weapon of revenge and retribution. Uh, the the plans, the detailed plans for massive deportations and concentration camps. If he wins, is that he's going to come into office with an army of forty to fifty thousand people ready to staff the government. He's not going to have the restraints of cabinet officials who disagree with him. He's going to do everything he can to purge anybody who's professional staff who's been there a long time. If elected to a second term, Donald Trump would prosecute anyone he deems an enemy unleash troops on protesters, and essentially unravel the rule of law as we know it. Uh, amid a rise in anti-Semitism across the United States, Donald Trump echoed the dangerous language of infamous fascist leaders. Of a guy who is running as an authoritarian. What would a second term look like? It would look a lot like Vladimir Putin in Russia. It's a hallmark of an authoritarian party. They embrace political violence. Putin 
Xi, or just going full on Hitler. For Chairman Mao, for President Xi, Vladimir Putin. By Nazis, Adolf Hitler to Hitler. Those are some serious authoritarian dictators. Now, this isn't the first time Trump has been caught echoing the rhetoric of Nazis and white supremacists, taking a page right out of Hitler's Nazi propaganda playbook. Well, the word for it is authoritarianism, (laughs) indicting your political opponent. Did David Brooks just say that indicting your political opponent, that the word for that is authoritarianism? These people, he's talking about Trump. And it's happening. It's happening as they say this. You talk about a total lack of self-awareness This is delusional. Trump has been indicted four times. And there he is chuckling away. He's the same guy that complained about a cost of a cheeseburger at at an airport. And then we come to find out later, I'm pretty sure it's him. He got like two or three whiskeys to go with it. Well, that's probably why your tab was as high as it was. Cost is going up for sure. But these people, what is wrong with them? We can, they can indict right and left. They can chase after pepper sprayers. They can unleash 30 agents and just tear up the place. For some guy that, that would just give the shirt off his back to anybody. But get them on the subject of Trump. No wonder, no wonder you need this program so you don't have to watch all that on Sunday and Monday morning. We, we in the case of our crew, we're out spending time with our families watching a flag football game here. It was a beautiful, beautiful day yesterday. But but you listen to those people. Trump, Hitler, Trump, Putin, Trump. Okay, we got it. Listen to Donald Trump. This was kind of funny from his speech on Saturday. I think he inadvertently mentions Obama. But these days, I mean, it's not much of of a word slip, is it? Clip four. The head of Hungary... A very tough, strong guy, Viktor Orban. Did anybody ever hear of him? Probably, you know, considered very powerful, very uh, powerful within his country and outside of his country. Uh, Not exactly loved by some of the European nations because he does his thing. He didn't allow millions of people to invade his country. He allowed nobody to invade. Zero. Zero. He had nobody. So he doesn't have crime and he doesn't have the problems that they're having in other countries where millions of people are allowed to go in. But they uh, were interviewing him two weeks ago and they said, uh, what would you advise President Obama? The whole world seems to be exploding and imploding. And he said, it's very simple. He should immediately resign and they should replace him with President Trump, who kept the world safe. Replace Obama with Trump, says Trump course he doesn't even mention joe biden the fake president if he if he inadvertently said that though it's perfect it's perfect what would you advise antiochus uh, well get i'd advise him to resign and then let's get jeroboam back in there that's gonna happen this is from politico they cannot get trump off the brain he's living rent free in their brains these radicals says here at Politico, just, just under one year before the presidential election, Democrats should be concerned but not panicked about President Biden's standing. For Biden to win re-election, he must make changes. I spoke with dozens of Democrats and anti-Trump Republicans, there's always plenty of them to go around, about what the president 
can do on personnel presentation and strategy to improve his prospects. So then the guy goes and gives all his suggestions. The level of despair was striking, it says later. The main cause, causes for concern are clear as day. Biden's age and the cost of living. Biden is indeed in peril. See, they're worried. It's less than a year now. You saw it in the montage. You, think about an ordinary weekend. When, on Monday morning, when have you ever, ever, these last two and a half years, when have you ever heard any of them talk about what Joe Biden did on the weekend? He's always gone. He's vacationing. He's, he's disappearing. He's in the basement. Or he's at the beach. I think we did see the Monday clip some time ago of him at the beach. But besides that, I mean, Trump's giving a speech, I think, every Saturday. And of course, he's in the news Sunday. It's on a nonstop loop, as I, as I say. Any of those on Joe Biden? No. Because they know. Well, for one, they know he's not the real president. And two, they know how much of a disaster he's been. His handlers know this. That's why they keep him away from the press. Is this really happening in America? (laughs) It is. It is. It says here, that's uh, in part for reasons Biden refuses to accept his capacity to do the job. Listen, listen to this. The oldest president in history, when he first took the oath, Biden will not be able to govern and campaign in the manner of previous incumbents. He simply does not have the capacity to do it. This is not me. This is Politico. He can't govern and campaign at the same time. Come on. He's Joe Biden. He can barely walk up the stairwell. This is, I mean, this is quite a scathing take on the current president, the fake president at that. He simply does not have the capacity to do it, and his staff doesn't trust him to even try, as they make clear by blocking him from the press. Are you listening to yourself? This is a guy, this is a journalist, quote unquote, that wants Biden to win. How about that? Because the alternative is is Hitler, you see. I'm just going to read this again. I I have to. He simply does not have the capacity to do it. And his staff doesn't trust him to even try as they make clear by blocking him from the press. Oh, okay, Got it. Perfect. And so you want him in there again. Got it. That's just perfect. It says here, moreover, on uh, this Biden would agree this election will be exceptional. Well. It's it's pretty boring, except for this part, which is pretty hilarious. It says here, on the topic of the Mideast, once the Israeli incursion into Gaza ends, there will presumably be some steps toward diplomacy. Uh, Biden cannot run the country, run for re-election, and oversee a new Mideast peace process. He should appoint a pair of high-level envoys for the post. Wait for it. Bill and Hillary Clinton. That's right, Bill, the one that was on Jeffrey Epstein's plane 27 times. They need high profile to get in there and sort out the the Mideast peace process. It says it may sound far-fetched, but this is no time for small thinking. This is innovative thinking. Yeah, bring back the hacks. Bring back the Clintons. Bring, Bring back the Cash Foundation. I mean, Biden's, he's got it down to an art, taking in millions, 
as he pays off America's adversaries with favors, with policies. Pay to play. Clinton's not to play that game. It says here, the, this moment demands all hands on deck. Biden, Biden cannot dedicate himself to the campaign like he could have as a younger man. So make use of all those next generation stars like Bill and Hillary. The next generation stars. Further on, it says, and if the right if the right wing fever swamps want to think Barack Obama is secretly in charge, that's what we are, I guess. We're this this program here. We're a fever swamp for saying that Obama's the one that's pulling the strings. It's all here. It's all right here in America under attack. If you don't have this, make sure you call the 800 number 1-866-930-3024. Listen to this one. It says perhaps the most overwhelming economic messaging advice I picked up from Democrats was for him to heave Bidenomics into the dumpster. Attempting to make voters believe something they don't is folly. Attaching your name to that strategy, (laughs) uh, it's comical. It's a little much to make my way all the way through. Here's what, okay, your economic policies, that's a disaster. Don't attach your name to it. Get Get rid of it. Throw it in the dumpster. And we need some new and fresh faces to sort out the Mideast peace process. That would be Bill and Hillary Clinton. And then also Obama, you know, the fever, the fever dream people, they're going to howl, but get Obama back out on the campaign trail. Does any of this sound new to you? It's all the same players. It's the exact same playbook. They're just not, not happy with the puppet right now. He, he worked for the first two and a half years. He worked perfectly to carry out the fundamental transformation. Barack Obama, he's basically unscathed. But he's still in D.C. Oh, yes, the dear leader. His DOJ, they are hard at work trying to track down Greg. Yeah, they've scoped out his place for three months. Three months. He sprayed the, the pepper spray on January 6th. <laughs> what a world. Listen to this again from, uh, this is, let's, let's fast forward to... Uh, the end of that uh, David Brooks comment, well, it was at the end of that montage. He's talking about Trump. They take Trump's words, they twist it and distort it and say, oh, if Trump gets in there, he could fire. He could fire in between the lines in all of this is an acknowledgement that the deep state exists. And it is deep because these people, thanks to the reporting, of about 38 journalists at the Washington Post. These people are terrified that Trump's going to come back and clean house. Retribution, that's the word for the month. That's probably going to be the word for the entire election cycle. We cannot have Donald Trump return to power because he's going to fire people at the DOJ and the FBI and other agencies and put in people that support Trump. Imagine that. As as an executive, the executive branch appointing people that support the president that's elected will go along with the hypothetical who's elected by a majority of Americans. It's what Americans want, in other words. But these communists in the media, they, they they see that if Trump does anything, if he does anything like 
what Joe Obama has been doing, it, they could go to jail. They could be locked up. They could be prosecuted. They could be indicted. And Trump really, I mean, when he talks about it, he's not even saying that's what he's going to do. He's just talking about the, these people, these crazy communists in charge. Look at the precedents they're setting by indicting political opponents, by going after dissidents instead of actual criminals. Actually, back up. Let's go ahead and start with MSNBC on the prospects of another Trump term. This is clip one. He's not going to have the restraints of cabinet officials who disagree with him. He's going to do everything he can to purge anybody who's professional staff who's been there a long time. And he's going to have a year's worth of vetting. They're doing uh, surveys of these people. They're asking them about their ideology, books they've read. Uh, name one figure who you uh, who you believe uh, captures uh, your spirit, your political philosophy. I think the obvious answer there for a lot of them is going to be Trump. And if you answer Trump... You pass this loyalty test, then they can put you into the bowels of government where the action happens. It's one thing to have rhetoric. It's another thing to take the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Defense, the Department of Justice, and, 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 and put in there people who believe what Trump believes so that you can do the things that he says he's going to do. Like I said earlier, I mean, they should just listen to themselves. What, what, what if Obama... If he comes in as the actual president, he's occupying the Oval Office. Do you think the, these people would bat an eye if Obama put people that support Obama and his policies in the DOJ and Homeland Security and the FBI? Of course not. Like I say, they're acknowledging, you read between the lines of these clips, and they are full on acknowledging that the deep state exists and it's deep and it's controlled by the dear leader. It is controlled by Antiochus for sure. And they don't want to lose that control, do they? Of course not. They, I mean, they, when they're in charge, it, it'll, you read between the lines as well. You know what you see here? The fact that the communists are in control. They're in control. I mean, we see the fruits of it everywhere when we discuss news on this program. But they have control. And so they're hyperventilating at the thought of losing any bit of it. Certainly not to the presidency. But if it's a president, you have to understand. You have to understand how far-reaching it is. The president could actually come in there and control the executive branch. <laughs> I think that's what he's supposed to do. Last time I checked. Obama's in control right now. He doesn't want to lose it. This is that one with David Brooks. Hilariously, saying that <laughs> there's a word for that it's authoritarianism you see authoritarians indict their political opponents hello <laughs> play this again clip eight well the word for it is authoritarianism <laughs> indicting your political opponent and i do think there there's another there's another republican or Trumpy plan, which would right now in the federal government, there are 4,000 political appointees who the president appoints and thousands and thousands of civil servants. And there's a, a, a plan afoot to gut as many as 50,000 of the civil servants and replace them with partisan political people. That's Schedule F. Yeah, Schedule yeah. F. And that, that, would, um, that, would, that would decimate our civil service. But it would also lead to, apparently, the complete politicization of the Justice Department. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just idle talk by Trump. There's actually plans afoot, as Jonathan said, uh, to put this into effect. And that is truly scary. <laughs> it's scary to politicize the Justice Department. Here, his beloved authoritarian 
is indicting people right and left. Yeah, they've got stakeouts. Three months to get Greg. They're bragging about putting 2,000 Trump supporters in jail. It's happening. It's all happening now. Right now. Under the dear leader's supervision. But they, they sense that there could be a pretty dramatic and significant change to take place next November. Donald Trump, this was Donald Trump talking about being indicted. And again, this horrible precedent that it sets for Barack Obama to unleash the Justice Department on his political opponents. This was clip three. By the way, Hillary's allowed to say things about elections and every Democrat's allowed to say, but if we say it, we get indicted. They indict us if we say, and in our case, it was true. It was a rigged election. It was stolen. And because of that, we have unhappy people in the front row and we have a lot of other unhappy people. Because of that, we have inflation and we have high taxes and we have high interest rates and you can't buy a home and you can't refinance your home and you can't sell your home and you have energy at the highest level it's ever been. He's going up against a lot, and the Bible says there's no helper. America under attack is the go-to read for what we're seeing in the United States at the moment. The 800 number, 1-866-930-3024. When we come back, I think we'll have time to squeeze in the World Watch for this past week. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. Are we living in the last days? Some dismiss the notion as fanatical, but world leaders and news analysts are issuing warnings that are becoming more and more dire. Could Bible prophecies about the last days actually be accurate? Our brochure can help guide you through the relevant news and history and help you compare these events to what the Bible says. Are we living in the last days? This brochure is available for free right now at thetrumpet.com. Russia will refuse U.S. inspections of its nuclear facilities as long as America provides long-range weapons to Ukraine, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said on November 6th. Russian President Vladimir Putin suspended the new Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty with the U.S. in February. The treaty was the world's last remaining nuclear control pact, under which both countries had agreed to keep a limited nuclear arsenal and inspect each other's nuclear facilities. Putin also signed a law last week revoking Russia's ratification of the global treaty that banned nuclear tests. The U.S. and Russia own approximately 90% of all nuclear warheads, enough to destroy the planet's human population several times over. Russia's growing secrecy about its nuclear arsenal and its refusal to forego nuclear testing indicates that nuclear war could be at the doorstep. Although prophecy indicates that these powers won't go to war against each other, part of mankind's deadly nuclear arsenal will be used. To learn more about this critical prophecy, read Nuclear Armageddon is at the door. Sweden, Finland, Denmark, Norway, and Iceland are cooperating to return immigrants without legal residence to their countries of origin, ministers from the five countries said during an October 31st press conference. 
Denmark has enacted stricter immigration policies in the past decade, drawing strong criticism from the United Nations and human rights groups. The Swedish government wants to follow the Danish model as the country struggles with violence caused by an irresponsible immigration policy and a failed integration, the Swedish prime minister stated. Finland's new coalition government has also made efforts to reduce immigration by cutting refugee quotas and making it more difficult for foreigners to obtain citizenship. In the first six months of 2023, more than half a million migrants applied for asylum within the European Union. As the war in Israel rages and the fear of Islamic terrorism increases, Europe is becoming less tolerant towards these predominantly Muslim migrants. To learn more about the significance of Europe's migrant crisis, read Europe Rejects Multiculturalism for Anti-Islamism. Since August, North Korea has provided more than one million artillery shells to support Russia's war against Ukraine, South Korea's main spy agency reported on November 1st. This is the latest in a series of revelations proving that North Korea is sending military supplies and technology to Russia despite Western sanctions. As the Western world unites against Russia because of the war on Ukraine, Russia's eastern allies are finding ways around the international sanctions to quietly support the Russian war effort. But Russia's war on Ukraine is just one of several factors that are drawing Asian nations closer together. Bible prophecy shows that ties between these countries will continue to strengthen, creating the most powerful military alliance this world has ever seen. This axis of Asian countries is now forming with Russia and China at the helm, and these kings of the East will play a major role in end-time Bible prophecy. To learn more about this key prophesied alliance, read Russia and China in Prophecy. To learn more about current world news and how it relates to Bible prophecy, please visit thetrumpet.com. There you go, the World Watch segment for uh, for this week. That's about all that we have time for. Just to draw your attention to the LFA TV channel, we replay the show every evening at uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Central Time, and uh, we they posted one. Barack Obama's fourth term, I think that's from last Wednesday, they posted it on Saturday because we got preempted with one of President Trump's speeches and the views, for some reason, 111,000. So I don't know if Jeremy over there is promoting our show with some uh, a special advertising. We're not promoting it, but that's 111,000 views uh, and it draws attention to, to, to our websites, which Jeremy is kind enough to allow for us to do, uh, to talk about our uh, Rumble channel and our website, our literature, and so on. So check out uh, Jeremy's site. That's LFA TV over at Rumble. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. And we'll cor- we'll, of course, calm down. Of course, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>